Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's another doubleheader that's happening at the end of December. First one was on Zoom. Now we got someone sitting on, not our couch, actually. <laughs> we pulled the couch out of the office to make a little... Uh, to stage the room. Yeah, to stage the room because we'll be we're doing filming a lot of stuff. Video recording stuff and we're like, oh, we got to stage it a little bit. So Yeah, so sorry. You're the first guest that's been in here that hasn't gotten a chance to sit on the couch no that's not true we've recorded a couple out there you're you're welcome to like sprawl out on the couch after this <laughs> yeah, no worries. maybe i'll make my way to the floor and i'm just one of those floor seaters that's awesome i also like sitting on the floor actually really yeah why i don't know what makes you floor what, what what about the floor um i think it's grounding and i think i've always just enjoyed doing it like i could never keep my feet off the coffee table so mm. whenever they'd ask me like you know keep your feet off the coffee table i'd just be like you know what's better sitting on the floor because then nobody tells you not where to put your feet so are you a sit on the floor at other people's houses uh it depends on the person mm. yeah it depends on the person if they have a dog definitely yeah yeah totally or any pet i've always wanted to be the person that falls asleep on people's couches we actually have <laughs> we, ha- we have one of those actually yes we do yes we do and uh, every time I, I see her and she's like lying on her couch and she's half asleep i'm like i always wanted to be one of you she the comes over sometimes i think to specifically sleep to couch. sleep on our couch like i don't couch? lazy boy like what are we talking we have years ago like eight years ago we bought this 18 foot l-shaped couch Ooh. so it's, well, it's, it's nine enormous feet it's nine, nine feet, feet and nine feet but it um it's really deep so like if you remove the back cushions and i mean they're just sitting you there you don't even need to they're remove not, the back cushions you just, to, but to even if you do if you remove the back cushions it actually feels like you're laying on like a twin bed like it's Ooh. really really deep nice. so anytime people come over they're like oh my god i could just like fall you asleep in your rent? couch <laughs> is, it, is it cheaper than everything else like out there depends do you scramble eggs really well i actually <laughs> cook eggs fantastically i have two every morning is there is there a way to not toast. is there a way to not Ooh, you lost me there is there <laughs> is there a way to not do eggs well i have is there such a thing as bad um, eggs? I, I feel know. like there's definitely ways to screw up eggs. Really? How? How so? Too much salt. Mm. Not enough salt. Yeah. So salt's the culprit then. No, I've definitely seen people who like like undercook scrambled eggs, so they're sort uh, of yeah. like runny still. Like I've I've seen there's that. like a certain degree of runny that's okay. I don't know. I think it's a scale. Like it's a spectrum in terms yes. of eggs. Like I'm okay with anybody's eggs actually, even eggs I don't like. I'll still eat them. Mm. What do I know? So you like eggs? I like eggs. Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I, do. I have like them every single morning. I love eggs. My boyfriend has like cholesterol problems and he thinks something's wrong with me because I always eat eggs and I'm like, no, I'm good. You ever had a raw egg before? Um, I think my dad tried to get me on it because it was like some hockey thing because he was like, ah, Rocky Balboa, that sort of thing. Yeah, back in the day, bodybuilders yeah. and... Uh, Anyone that had ever watched a Rocky movie. Oh, I puked like, all over the floor. It was great. It my just, mom made him clean them up. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Have was, you ever tried a raw egg? I can't wrap my head around it. There's certain it just things slides that down. I just... Oh, no. Nope. Don't let it linger. You just you shoot it just like you're taking a shot. And it'll no, just, it would definitely right hit the back yeah, of my seven. throat and come right back out. Really? Do you not remember the first time my brother tried to get me to eat like a PEI muscle? Because no. I, I'm a texture person. Uh, yeah, so am I. It <laughs> came out as fast as it went in. And he, he was like, there's no way you even got to taste it. I'm like, didn't need to. I felt it. Yeah. I felt it, and that was just enough. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I don't do things like that. No, it was like a booger. <laughs> I don't want it in my mouth. <laughs> Is it just because it's seafood? No, I, I eat other her, seafood. I showed her this picture on Joe Rogan's um, Instagram or something. Mm. It, I didn't read the whole thing, but it was it was this thing about parasites, mm. and there was this fish 
that had and was it a whatever parasite Parasite overtook its tongue yeah yeah i've seen those yeah it's gross yeah it kind of made me want to throw up a little bit yeah i don't it looks really gross and i felt really bad for the fish i'm like that fish has no fucking idea there's no no mirror that fish is looking in to see (laughs) you know i I have to say it's shit like that that has actually ruined one of my favorite things like i used to be um a big sushi fan Mm. and i I still do eat sushi sometimes, but it has to be from very specific places. Like I, I won't just eat sushi anywhere. I'm always, yeah, that the whole mental thing around like parasites and stuff. Now I just, yeah, oh, that, I can't. I was watching in an episode of Hawaii Five O the other night because I couldn't sleep. I was up at like three in the morning or whatever the case is. Pretty much whoever killed this guy, they dumped him in. They dumped him on a farm and they dumped him in the 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 area with all the pigs. Yeah, I think I've seen that episode. Yeah. And that's when I was like, "Ooh, I don't think I can ever fucking. <laughs> I don't think I can ever eat bacon ever oh, again." Stop. After watching we are that. ruining food for people. We need to put like a disclaimer on yeah. this episode. Yeah. Well, how about we actually start the episode? First of all, <laughs> there's someone that's listening to that going, "Yeah, I'll eat that fucking. Pig. <laughs> I'll eat those eggs." Sorry, vegans. Hey, everyone. It's if you're Amanda. a farmer, if you're a farmer, <laughs> you're a farmer, what do you do at that moment? Are you like, I can't use these pigs for anything? Yeah, I'm pretty You've sure it's consumed? quality control at that point. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure you can't. You know how you make fun of me and Sorry. say I get illegal chickens? No. I get them from licensed farms that follow rules. Illegal like that. chickens. She comes home with the chickens out of nowhere. I'm like, where'd you get that? Someone's backyard. Come on. Oh my God. It's not. Girl, I went to uh, elementary school. Actually, she's the reason why her family's the reason why people can't have roosters as pets in Toronto. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's this do the intro, and then I want to yeah. know this. I want to know this. <laughs> well, hey everyone, it's Amanda, and we have Celine sitting in our office today, not on the couch, in a, a chair just like mine. She says oh, it's comfortable. We're two captains today. There you go. And uh, Celine. Celine, how did she get here? So she's a listener of our podcast, commented on a post where we were having a discussion about possible harmful claims that alternative medicine practitioners make when it comes to some of the therapies. And Celine is a registered massage therapist, but also a certified reflexologist. And she mentioned that some of the claims that the instructor was making, even while she was taking reflexology, were quite questionable. And you guys who have been listening know that I'm always like, well, is it that harmful? You know, like I always give the benefit of the doubt to the alternative practitioners and I don't I don't dismiss everything that you know doesn't necessarily have hardcore evidence behind it but Celine wanted to talk about some of the claims that are definitely very questionable and we thought it was uh, worth further discussion because there probably are some things being said and just my naive ass doesn't know about it <laughs> that could potentially be Dangerous, if that's the right word, to well, the da- public. Dangerous can be the right word. Like, when, yeah. like we know a bunch of people that walk around saying this all the time, and we're we're like the same idea. We're like eh, dangerous, and then that's when we were really talking. That was probably the first time that we actually talked about it the way we did. Like, and I think I brought up a couple things like cancer or infertility, yeah. Yeah. things like that. Like, if you're walking around telling people, like, you know, don't worry, we can fix your infertility issues. Like, you're really preying on someone that's super, super vulnerable, yeah. and that's that's a big problem. It's, but, yeah, but, right. Versus the person who seeks out alternative medicine knowing knowing i've tried everything else totally let me see if this could work because it can't necessarily harm and so that's That's where we realized okay there is probably a line you know are there alternative medicine practitioners that are preying on vulnerable people and saying you know stop stop what your doctor is telling you and Mm -hmm. come see me because i've got the solution to your problem and in those cases 
Maybe and I didn't even really danger. think that was a big thing until the person that was on our couch because she's she's a yoga therapist and yeah. she was like, "No, it's actually a big thing in the yoga industry where where people are like making these types of bold claims." I'm like, "Really? I thought that was just like maybe someone you know just kind of spewing a little bit, you know, because they don't like the idea of of something alternative. Then there's not a lot of evidence behind it, so they kind of jumped on that. That's the assumption I went with because I don't think before I speak, I just fucking speak. That's the beauty <laughs> of having your own fucking podcast." Say whatever the hell you want. So oh, I just true. did, yeah. and then she she's like, "No, that's that's real, man." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize." It may that. be it may be very very real. And before I get to introducing Celine, I will say that I have repeatedly said over and over again, though, like, where is the line? How do we decide who needs to be like shut up and you know considered dangerous? And like you know, who are we protecting from who? You know, like it's yeah. are people really taking the advice of you know? just some yahoo who's making claims and they have a sign on their door i i mean i guess maybe so anyway we're gonna get into it a little bit more once we hear is it it just buyer beware exactly exactly so anyway celine thanks for coming all the way here and being half an hour early even though i was not (laughs) no worries my pleasure i'm so excited to be here so why don't we start with a little bit of background on you how long you've been practicing as a therapist what got you into this what type of practice you have now yeah um so i've been a registered massage therapist for four years as of November. Um, I got into it because I had no idea what I wanted to do, like a lot of people that I've heard. (laughs) Um, I did a co-op when I was at Seneca for a physiotherapy clinic, and I really, really liked it. It was a great clinic, really great mentor who really kind of like helped directed me because I had a lot of background with sports. And um, But I wanted something more hands-on because I found like a lot of the stuff that they were doing was like more rehab exercises and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is really cool, but I kind of want something more to it. And she was like, oh, you should check out massage therapy. So I started Googling and did a did a kind of like uh, interview process at Trillium College. And then uh, the guy that I was dating at the time, his mom was like, oh, I've heard really good things about the Sutherland Chan School. You should check it out. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the um, the info night that they had and it kind of just like blew my mind at like all the stuff massage could do. Never really had a massage before like going to the school and then did the uh, what's it called? The introductory, like, learn how to massage program and intro to uh, physiology. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Never been a big school person. Like, so we'll see how well this goes. But if I like it, I'm going to put 110% into it and go for it. What were you in school for at Seneca before this came up? Um, it was a program called College Opportunities. It was fairly new. It was for, like, a lot of the people who didn't really know what they wanted to do or they were transitioning oh, okay. between, like... Uh, like career in college and stuff like that. So you had a couple of courses that were directed at being, you know, like uh, transferable courses to universities or other colleges. Uh, so like maths, English um, electives and stuff like that. And then you had a co-op portion that was like allowed you to kind of branch out and find something that you would be interested in doing where you basically did like a four month unpaid internship at a at a place. And yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Were you like fresh out of high school when you did that? Oh. Yeah, I I graduated high school. I actually did uh, an extra year of high school. I did a co-op year and just kind of like tried to boost my transcript because I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to pay $30,000 to do it. Right. Um, And then I took a year off and I worked because I was like, need money in order to go to university. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah. And then eventually my mom was like, "Okay, no more staying out of school. Time to choose something to do. And uh, she 
submitted an application to uh, Seneca and I had submitted some applications actually to like some uh, construction and like plumbing programs and stuff like that. And Seneca was the first one to get me in the door and was like, hey, let's go. And then somehow I ended up paying for like admission and going (laughs) just kind of happened a little too fast. And I was like, "Okay, I guess I go here now. (laughs) (laughs) That really is how it works. I mean, having worked in admissions, I will tell you, if we have somebody in front of us who's like, "Okay, you're going to be a good student. I'm like, all right, sign here, sign here, sign here. (laughs) That'll be 20 grand. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically what it was. I'd call my mom. I was like, mom, they want like four grand for me. What do I do? She's like, who wants four grand? I'm like, Seneca. She's like, oh, just put it on my card. It's okay. And I was like, all right, cool. Were there any regrets then in those moments when you're like, you wake up the next day, you're like, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah, what totally. just happened? Um, I think at that point, I would j- I just wanted some direction one way or another. Like, yeah. I really, um, I, I, I didn't realize that it was like anxiety at the time, but like I had so much anxiety coming out of high school mm-hmm. to the point that I just, I guess I, I felt like I had hit a wall and needed somebody to kind of like push me over the edge in that degree. What did you think it was then? If you if you didn't term it anxiety, what, what, what would you have chalked it up to then? Um, it, it was more, I just didn't have a word for it. I was just scared mm-hmm. all the time gotcha. of, of trying to make a decision. I had all these friends around me that had these huge goals and aspirations that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. There was There was a time in my life where basically I thought that like I would get to like the middle of high school and drop out and go live in a cabin in the woods in BC and right. that was it and then people tell you that you need a job. This is so relatable. This to is me. the reason why that high school should be fucking five years. Yes. Right? Yeah, totally. Like when I was in high school, it was uh, there was there was OAC Ontario. When I first started high school, there was grade thirteen, and then somewhere in my high school years, it became the Ontario Academic Credit. But you need that extra year oh, just yeah. to fucking be a dopey kid. You absolutely totally. do. Even with the extra year, I felt exactly how you did, Celine. Except Plus, you my drink my to campus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Very> true. <laughs> except my parents did not allow me the extra year, you know, to take yeah. off time and work and whatever. They were like, you have to go, you have to go. And I just remember sitting in the high school guidance counselor's office, like I have zero ideas of what I want to do. And same thing, I had friends around me, you know, my best friend knew like she was very artistic. She was going to go into interior design. Mm-hmm. I had two other friends that like 100% wanted to be teachers. I knew people who want, you know, like there was, everyone had a goal it felt like. And I remember just being there and I was like, I have zero idea of what I want to do. And that seemed confusing to everybody around me because I was like a 90 plus student. Like I was a really smart kid. I did well in school, but I was like, there's nothing that drives me. Like there was nothing that I was like, yes, I want to do that. Yes. And then somebody, uh, my cousin actually suggested kinesiology. And I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And then once I learned what it was, I was like, well, this makes perfect sense to me. Like, I love working out. I'm pretty athletic. I was like, yeah, okay. This makes perfect sense to me. But that was how I ended up in kin. Like, I had zero idea what I wanted to do. As you're talking about this, I'm feeling the anxiety again oh, no. <laughs> of like being that young kid and like, I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah. And I know there's probably a lot of people who are like that. And for some, like yourself, like me, it turned out okay. There are people that I feel like never get to that feeling of like, yeah, okay, like I'm happy doing this. Well, and they probably do, but much later in life. Yeah. Yeah. I right? think it takes time for some people. They really have to experience life beforehand. I had the opportunity to go through like three years 
before I kind of even figured out what I wanted to do. And honestly, I feel a lot happier for it. I know some friends that like they did their university, they did their master's, they're doing a job completely different from what they went to school for. And, you know, they're not happy with it, but they're finally able to make moves now that they have experience. All of that hustle is so different when you didn't live to be fucking 90 something years old. When you live to be 90 something years old and your work career doesn't necessarily have to stop at 65, then it it doesn't really matter when you now come into yourself but before when you know you had to stop working at a certain age and you're gonna die fucking way younger well you gotta start life a little quicker so totally you know Technology has slowed down evolution. There's my thought of the day. I think I think it's I think it was easier for me in regards in comparison to you because my parents were never like super strict on like when I needed to go to school. I just I did have to go to school because like my grandmother dropped out when she was in grade ten. My uh my dad didn't go to a traditional like school. Like he went to a boarding school in Vermont for special needs kids, even though he was only dyslexic. And like um What's it called? My mom went back and forth, or not back and forth, but she lived in Germany and then lived in the States. So, like, it was a huge transition for her. And, like, so I think both of them were just like, yeah, school kind of sucks. Take your time with it because, like, you'll figure out what you want to do. Like, they weren't super traditional in that sense, but they definitely understood and appreciated what a higher education could do for somebody. Yeah. I was not. I mean, I know Mark was the same. We were not really yeah, given but I an option. I wasn't lost like you. No, I was lost. I was very yeah, lost. I wasn't like that. I was, still, I was still lost even when I was in university. The entire time I was in Kin, I loved everything about my program. I was so interested in the classes. Like I was really enjoying it. But there was always this little nagging anxiety in the back of my mind of like, fuck, I'm in, oh, I'm in second year. Only two years left. Fuck, I'm in third year. One year left. Fuck, I'm in my last year. What am I doing yeah, after this? Yeah. Like all of that anxiety came back. And then I graduated university and I was like, well, what can I do? Okay, I'll go back and get a job at the gym that I had been working at beforehand. Yeah. So I just went right back into training. Like it's, I think I had to experience, like you said, I experienced, you know, working in different environments and finally found something that made sense. And it was the same as you. <laughs> So you got suckered into massage school. I got suckered into massage school, yeah. Um, And yeah, I was worried, honestly, because they were like, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life. Who's telling you this? The admissions reps? Yeah, it was one of the admin people. Okay, so Uh, it's not like other students. No, no. They said, said, like, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be difficult. And like, I, I never, I'd done okay academically in school. I was the kind of person that I'd rather have a conversation with the teacher than to listen to what they said mm. more than anything. I get it. Um, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, you, you get more out of the class that way. I get it. I hate taking courses. Yeah. I can't stand it. it it's, it's weird coming from a guy that runs a continued education company. Like, I don't take courses. I will go find someone that I think is doing something cool and I'll say, can we hang out and talk? Yeah. And that's I'd rather have do. a conversation about it. And it's funny yeah. that you actually say that because, like, I also manage the other RMT at my work. We had more RMTs and then some stuff happened. But, um, that that's that's basically I do like an RMT club once a month and we just kind of meet up we like work on stuff that nice. we like maybe have questions about or we haven't practiced in a really long time and we have a conversation about it and like we practice and we're like okay I don't understand this or how would you tackle this problem kind right, of thing right, and right. it's it's super casual which I love um 
and it allows you to make mistakes and it's almost like being in school again which yep. is even better because yep. um, you get that kind of like community that comes from it and we have a bunch of other um, like practitioners that we uh, that we have at our clinic so sometimes they'll come in and sit in and we'll just kind of like shoot the shit that is really good I like that that answers that your question stuff, which is what you've asked a lot of therapists do you practice yeah. Celine practices you practice I like that what was I saying about musicians and any, any they don't just go do the their arts. job they practice you know when I used to play a lot of music I didn't just show up on a stage and start playing I end up in someone's fucking basement or a rehearsal space and we practice 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 and even though we've been playing the same fucking song over and over and over again it doesn't matter we still practice Practice. So yeah. that's a big thing. I love RMPs that practice. I think it comes from like my hockey background because like I used to play pretty competitively and uh, yeah, you'd be like at the rink, like literally like two, three, four times a week. Yeah. And like, you know, y- y- I think I think people, especially RMTs, because it's such a solo like practice that you, you kind of get stuck in a rut sometimes where like are you doing a good job? Is this enough pressure? Like, what is your pressure like for other people? And like, how do you get an unfiltered criticism from somebody who is not paying you for what you're doing? And yeah, it definitely helped a lot with that. I think therapists should practice. Absolutely. Why don't they? Hmm. I think there's a, a decent handful that do like what Celine's saying therapists that we have encountered, um, do different things like that. Like I've got a a couple of good friends who are massage therapists and they like do trades like probably I don't know once a month or so but it's more so so they can like like bounce ideas off each other and like learn from each other so I think there's a lot of therapists who I do practice so. yeah me as well because yeah. like it was the first time that I'd ever experienced that the first clinic that I worked at uh before COVID shut everything down um it wasn't really like that. Everybody had like 20 plus years worth of experience under their belt. And so what like my boss didn't like doing exchanges. Um, and like, yeah, I didn't really get the opportunity to work on anybody else or have them work on me. So I had like no idea as like the newbie coming right out of school whether or not what I was doing was okay. Yeah. I just had some people continue to book in. I was like, I guess I'm all right. <laughs> I guess I'm all right. And even 20 plus years. I mean, that's still something you should be doing. Like, You should still be practicing. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the clinics I worked at, we we had a no exchange policy, which which I liked Mm. because it can create awkward situations, but we would all book treatments with each other. So like if I had a gap in my day, I would look to see if there are anybody available, I could slot myself in with them and I would just pay them and they would do the same for me. So like I ended up getting treatments from six or seven different therapists and being able to pick their brain and learn stuff from them and they would come get treatments from me and it, I mean, it worked out, but yeah, we had a, a very strict no exchange policy so there. Funny. I'm like the exact opposite managing other people. I'm just like, um, no, you're all getting exchanges because I know you don't d- get them enough massages. So like I want you to get treated and taken care of. And like if you happen to learn some stuff, like totally. We just do like an exchange, like a straight exchange. So I think it works out like pretty well. But I, I can understand some of the awkward stuff. Like if somebody like misses an exchange and it feels like uneven and stuff like that, like I can get why that would be awkward. I also just say it in either part of the exchange, there's a shitty part. Either if you're the first person to get treatment, you get off the table and then you gotta treat someone. It's okay. I, don't <laughs> mind. I, don't I hate that. I think how we do it is a little bit differently because like it, we we work different days mm. um, because we only have one treatment room. So um, who's ever like working that day, we're just like, you know, I'll come in on the day that you're working. You come in on a day that I'm working, you know, typically like a, a less busy day or a less busy time and mm. uh, just do the exchange at that point. I like being the second person. That way I know how much effort I got to put into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? But that's what I was saying. Oh, that was kind of shit. Guess what you're getting? Kind of <laughs> shit. Oh, that was really well done, thought out. Mm, I guess I got to put some effort Damn. in. Damn. 
right? Well, the other the reason... The beauty of going second. The, uh, yes. I guess second is probably a little better. But um, the clinic I worked at that had the strict no exchange policy, we were super, super busy. Like most of the time, every therapist was completely booked. So I think part of it too was nobody wanting to like take a part of their day out that like a paying client could be there. And... I, I guess I get it, but also you care. have to take time away to actually work on yourself, That's work what I on mean. your business. When you're always chasing the fucking buck, I don't get it. It, it. it only goes so far. So what that extra, whatever you make off of that split that you had, like that that extra sixty bucks is really gonna. I don't know. There's so much more value that comes from not chasing a dollar. I think I think with us as well, like what we try to do is like. You know, if somebody wants that spot or somebody like if a client wants to book in, we're like, yeah, OK, like we'll just do it another day kind of thing or yeah. we'll find the time kind of thing. But yeah, I think I think I, we have a really good kind of like, um, I guess, culture going on in terms of like we're, we're especially with the pandemic, really trying to make sure that people don't burn out, yeah. really trying to make sure that people are taken care of and like realize that like if you take care of your staff, like things are going to go a lot further money wise and like dollar wise. Yeah. And if everybody's on board, that's great because that's another part of, you know, keep the therapist happy. If yeah. you've got, you know, you don't have a high turnover rate that keeps the clients happy, that keeps everybody busy. So if everyone's on board, we're going to bring it back changes, though, like because cool. we used to do information education nights. Well, we're going to add to that. We're going to bring the Tuesday night club. That's a Shell Crow album, isn't it? Tuesday night club. The Tuesday night club is going to be an exchange night. I'm going to I'm going to bust out all all of the as many massage tables as we have there. We got a lot of them. And uh, we'll just tell people bring your sheets, bring your lotion. You know, we'll 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 dim the lights and uh, come get if, a massage. You know, if you, you want to bring the wine, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> why not? He looked right at me when he said that. I wonder <laughs> why. You know. It's funny when uh, you did you both go to Sutherland? I, no. no, no. Okay, so there's a bar under Sutherland Chan, like back when it was uh, near Casa Loma. Yeah. And so, like, you'd occasionally have the the drunkard come in for a massage. Yeah, and, like, happens sometimes. You know, they were a little too drunk, and sometimes you kind of had to send them home. But I'm, for the I'm most pretty part, sure I showed okay. up to class sometimes drunk. And not at Southern Chan though, because when I went to CCMH, there was there was a Fox and a Phil like really close by. Mm. So sometimes it was a liquid lunch, and then it was like, should I go back for my afternoon? Okay, let's just go for let's just go sit in class anyway. You see, that never happened. These weren't to clinic me. nights. These were not <laughs> clinic nights, though. I worked in the same building that I went to school, so no, I was never, never showing up drunk. <laughs> no, I had I had a couple liquid lunches. Oh boy. Anyways, <laughs> but I never understood because I, I, I do understand. But it's uh, very European of you, Mark. <laughs> well, 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 everyone shits on students college students acting like college students i don't know what happens at massage schools where suddenly that's unprofessional you can't act like yeah. this you can't be like are you going to do this in your career i'm like no i'm not gonna do this in my career i'm in school i'm not a massage therapist yet and this is college and i'm a student how about i just act like a college student yeah. is that are you guys You're okay right, with that? though it is a totally different like standard for yeah. sure it's something i never even thought of i think it's because we're considered like healthcare and some people like maybe take that a little bit too seriously i'm pretty sure there's a whole like, bunch of fucking med students right now that are oh, fucking in togas totally <laughs> shit yeah like so, uh, what are we all uh, why is I definitely massage, yeah. i definitely showed up to some of my psych and philosophy classes very very high right 
when I was in university. Because you're a college student. <laughs> That's what college students do some of the time. I don't know. I just feel like I felt like that private career college just was really hard on, on you know, this is not what you would want to do in your profession. It's also because it is a private career college. I'm not in my profession yet. Yeah, but it's also because it's it's career training. Uh, like, yes, it's it, college, but... but it's not like you're going to classes at different times of the day and different instructors. And, you know, you're going into a lecture hall with 800 people. You're sitting in a class okay, where so you're if doing I went very to Humber, practical It's okay to work. do that then you see no. what i'm saying so no. like that's 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 the bottom line so when i used to when i used to be an instructor they they had these really hokey like staff awards things and they'd always give out awards to like an instructor who who had high retention in other words no one dropped your class or no one got kicked out of your class it was such a, a weird thing to reward by the way and so we'd get those quite a bit the, the massage therapy instructors and then they'd always like tell us your secret like how do you keep students engaged i'm like my answer was always this i remember what it was like to be a student that's it i remember what it was like to be a student so when i had the little kid you know who doesn't speak english here on a student visa and it was his birthday and a couple other kids got him hammered in the parking lot and he showed up to student clinic you know and he <laughs> vomited like all over the place like i remember I, I i didn't do this but i remember what it's like so i'm not like you gotta go home you're expelled blah, blah. i'm like listen bro do me a favor. I'm going to clean this shit up for you. You just get the hell out of here and get home safe. All right. Oh and God, we'll just call this. And, and we'll just call. <laughs> exactly. And we'll just yeah. call this a day. We'll call this a mistake and yeah. we just won't talk about it anymore. Happy birthday. You know yeah, what I mean? That's totally. Because like, I just remember what it's like to be a fucking dopey kid like that. Yeah. Everybody's human. Like, yeah. Everybody's going to make mistakes. and Everybody's going to have fun every once in a while. At least you hope so. You hope so. People really do need to give other people more grace. Eh, whatever. <laughs> take, Me included. Take I guess. that as you will. <laughs> I feel like that's directed at me. <laughs> no, no, no. So, Celine, yeah. tell us about. Uh, actually, how long into your massage career did you decide to take reflexology as well? Uh, January 2020. Oh, okay. And why? In 2019, I I fractured a rib playing hockey, and um, I was I couldn't work for a month, and um, as I was kind of like doing physio. Really wanted a massage, but I was like, I don't really know what to do. There was one girl that I that I was in class with at Solon Chan who worked in the same building that I worked in. And uh, so I did massages with her. And uh, she uh, she was like, oh, I do some reflexology. I can like, you know, do that with you if you want. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I I just, I think I had mentioned to her, I was like, you know, you know, I just, I don't want my back touched. Uh, can you just like do something else? And she was like, yeah, yeah, let's do some reflexology. I was like, I don't know what that is, but all right. And, um, so went in, she, uh, she did some leg work, she did some, some reflexology and she's like, oh, I'm really feeling something around your like rib cage and the lungs. Like, are you having a hard time breathing? Da, 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 da. And at that point I had forgotten to tell her that right. I had fractured my rib and I was like, yeah, actually like hurt my rib. And it was like a little weird to me cause I'd never like had that kind of experience. It felt like I was seeing a psychic kind of thing. Yeah. Where you, strange, like, right? Yeah. And uh, I was like, how did you know that? She's like, oh, it's just like super tight here on this side. And I was like, that's so weird. So I started looking into it, started asking her questions every time I kind of went in to see her. And I was like, you know what? I haven't really done any continuing education. I think I was like at two years at that point. And I was like, maybe I should take a course of some kind and really like freshen up. Um, I had done a whole bunch of stuff at Bridgepoint Hospital working with neuromuscular patients and um, felt like I'd learned so much from that. So I was like, I'm going to like just branch out a little bit from there. And like, I was always like, taught to be like evidence-based and stuff like that and like this 
doesn't seem as much, so I'm going to challenge my beliefs and my biases and do something a little bit different. Good on you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, and I had struggled so much with that course. <laughs> I really, really did. It was uh, seven weeks in class every Sunday and um, or every Saturday. And there was a lot of like the the physiology and the and the systems and stuff like that. I understood because yep. yep. that's kind of what they taught you. Yep. And then I, I found it very difficult to learn the techniques. I don't know if it was just because the positioning, like we had one teacher and like nine students, so all of us crowded around one table mm -hmm. while they worked on a person's feet. I didn't really understand what the techniques were, like why you did what you did, what the like like outcome of it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe that was I should have just read the textbook a little bit more. <laughs> um, that was definitely on me. But um, yeah, and 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 a lot of people. There were very different people in this class. Like we had some people that were like in school for massage therapy at the time. We had other people that were just learning so that they could work on their their partners. Like there was one lady in there who had a friend who like had cancer. She was she was just trying to help with like pain and stuff mm -hmm. like that with this person. Yeah. Uh, there was another person who um, was in a in a massage therapy course, and um, this person was in my opinion, very problematic in regards to like how they wanted to like treat people and stuff like that. And like the, I can't remember exact uh, examples, but some of the stuff that they were asking was very unethical in regards to like payments and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, as an RMT student, can I just like mm -hmm. massage people and mm -hmm. get like get money from that? And it was like, Pretty sure they tell you not to do that specifically, but all right. <laughs> yeah, and and I would have questions for the teacher. Like they would be like, "Oh, you know, it releases toxins," and I was like, "Oh, triggered. All right, here we go." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, what, what toxins?" And they were just like, "You know, like the toxins from like everyday life." And I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to get very far with this." Um, and one that kept coming up that made me a little upset. I didn't really say much. Was uh, she's like, "Yeah, you know, I've really helped a lot of people with infertility." Like, um. I had a client at that time that was struggling quite a bit and probably put about uh, $20,000 into like trying to get pregnant. And right. I was like, she was like, oh yeah, just send her to me and I'll help her in no time. And I was like, I hope that would work, but I don't, it just, it made me super angry because it just felt, uh, I don't know. I get it. Yeah. So let me, let me that's jump the, in here. That's the scenario where someone is very vulnerable. Someone is very vulnerable. That yes. is a scenario where someone so is very So I think it's, all in how the practitioner approaches it. So I will say that the Reflexology Association of Canada does have, I'm pretty sure on their website, there are links to research that has been done with infertility and reflexology and has showed some positive outcomes. However, again, it's all in how the practitioner approaches it. So uh, the reflexology instructor that uh, teaches with us and that I took my reflexology course from, her background is science like she's got what like a master's in clinical anatomy or something or i i don't know like yeah. so science she yeah, understands MSC. yes yeah. and she when she started doing reflexology she's not a she's not a massage therapist when she started doing reflexology it was to use it in its most traditional sense you know in terms of using the zone theory to you know clear any blockages whatever that might mean energy blockages to help the body to function optimally right like that's that was the purpose of her using it when a lot of massage therapists like myself take reflexology we're just adding in something you know more to deal with stuff that's within our scope of practice like i don't tell anybody that i can help them with their diabetes or their fertility yeah. or you know that's not within my scope in her case she does do that and so she will say there have been cases where positive outcomes have been um, linked to 
reflexology treatments with, you know, infertility issues or whatever. Like, I'm okay with the way she talks to her patients and saying, like, you can try this. This is what the research has shown. This is what my clinical experience has shown, which I think is very different than send them to me. I'll help them in no time. Yeah. You know, like that's that's where I was saying it's, it's all in the approach, I think, because is it hurting someone to go get their feet poked at if it might possibly help with their infertility? As long as you're not saying to them, stop paying tens of thousands of dollars and taking the hormones that your fertility doctors have told you to take and come let me poke your feet. Yeah. And I think I think that's what I had the, the problem with the most was um, it just felt so dismissive of everything that they had done at that point. And like, I, I guess I was a little too emotionally involved at that point and probably should have distanced myself from that patient. But like, yeah, it was... Uh, it was, yeah, it was difficult to hear that. And, you know, I, I could see that, um, what's it called? Like, especially the 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 student that was there that uh, I was having an issue with really kind of sat on those words and seemed to have like a position of like, get a, a pish- position of authority with it, hmm. uh, if that makes sense. Like it was, um, it kind of elevated them to a higher status to a degree. And I was like, that's I don't know I feel like we should be humble (laughs) yeah and I think that's the problem that a lot of people have with certain alternative medicine practitioners is when they start making these claims like I can fix this in no time you know anybody that's come to me for x y and z you know they've had these outcomes and sure some of those clinical outcomes might be real can we say with 100% certainty that cause and effect here you know did you did your reflexology treatments help with this person's infertility or was it everything else they had done or was it just sheer fucking luck or was it because you helped them to calm down and a lot of times stress plays a role in these you know like what exactly what what really happened we don't know and that's why it's this fine line between like are you preying on vulnerable people and making them believe that you've got the solution some sort of magic or do you really really believe in your therapy and are you at least able to approach people and Let's try this out. Let's see if it works. You know, like th- that's where I don't see the harm, right? And, I, and I'd wish that my instructor had talked a little bit more about like the science behind it, it like at least like just a little bit, like just in regards to like any studies that they mentioned, um, you know, like even anecdotally, like what they found. In, yeah. Like they, it was just more general kind of like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. It, it, and she never showed us any of the techniques either in terms of how she would help somebody in this situation. Interesting. Which I just found so I don't, disappointing. I don't get it, to be honest with you. Like, I don't under, like, I'll get reflexology done for certain things. Like, I find it's the only thing that ever helps out with my sinus issues. Like, I've got really, really bad sinus mm-hmm. issues seasonally. And I've got, I've got fucking crazy medication that I take and it, it, it only helps so much. Yeah. So then he just shoves blah, 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 his feet blah. in my face. Right. And uh-huh. then, and then if I get reflexology done, I feel fucking fabulous after. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I don't use it for anything else, to be honest with you. Why, I don't even know why, why I was does the about reflexology this. work? We don't really know. Right. Well, it's so, massage work. <laughs> right. We don't really know. When you get the whole thing with like, you're pushing on this area and uh, yeah, so you, you got something going on with your ribs here on this side and you're like, I didn't tell you that. Like, how do, yeah. it, how does this, how does this, how does this mesh with you then? Uh, I think, I think where it came from was like, if there's a way that, it can bring things up for people where, um, say, for example, a, a regular assessment maybe wouldn't bring it up. Um, I, I do a lot of trauma work as well. Right. Um, so if, if something comes up for somebody, then it's a way to kind of like start the conversation if they want to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to have the conversation, it's like, 
okay, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. we can continue to work on this. And, you know, if you get an emotional release, cool. And if not, that's all right as well. It is really interesting. Like, I don't do a ton of reflexology. Most of people that come to see me come for massage. Uh, but there are some people that regularly come for me to work on their feet. And, um, you know, just as an example, there was one lady that I was treating that had had a mastectomy. Now, I knew that she had a mastectomy. Like I'd been treating her for years and years and years. I knew about that. And she came in for reflexology one day and I was just working on her feet. And I didn't remember because it had been so many years, like what side or whatever. Like I wasn't thinking about it. And so I'm working and I was like, oh, there's like so much, like it's all gritty, like where you're um, in like the chest area. And I was like, and she said, well, yeah, it's probably the scar tissue. And I was like, oh, right. Like it just, and I was like, oh, this makes sense now why it feels so gritty in this area where I'm working because that's the same side where you had one of your breasts removed. Okay. Now I understand. Yeah. There was a time when I, when I finally, when I, oh God, it took so long for me to get certified too because we finished, uh, the first week of March and then we were supposed to do case studies 2020 right. and then I was supposed to have my exam in August and then that got delayed to November and then uh-huh. that got delayed, delayed to December and then it was just like cool August 2021 <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it took so long for me to get certified. And then when I got it, one of the first clients that I saw, um, the prostate area was like super sore and like tender for this person. And I was like, oh, this is going to be an awkward conversation for me, mm. professional. Okay. Any issues with your prostate? He's like, yeah, I'm going in to see my doctor like a week from now. And I was like, oh, cool. Just curious. Definitely get that checked out. <laughs> see, it's anyway. So again, a lot of these alternative medicine therapies like something like reflexology or acupuncture whatever it's not that there isn't evidence it's that a lot of these therapies have been around for 3,500 4,000 years and they've been used and passed down and so like there is there is knowledge out there of why these things work there are theories and I know that you know when it comes to reflexology zone theory is just that it's just a theory but there's been enough clinical application and evidence to show that these things do work. And so we don't totally understand why I think in a lot of like Western totally. countries, Absolutely. but it that's, that's why I have such a hard time saying like, okay, well, let's not dismiss these things, but we just we have to be careful with the language and how we make claims. Man, for me, as long as something seems to work for me, I couldn't give a shit about, about why <laughs> I don't yeah. give a I'm working towards that mentality. Oh now. man, like I've I was I would have shit all over Reiki eight months ago. Yeah, I went for Reiki once. I'm like I fuck. I don't know what you did, and you I don't care if you. Now. I don't care if you did anything. <laughs> I felt fucking great after. Yeah. I felt like a, I felt like a slightly different person. I felt I felt calm. I felt relaxed. I finally fucking slept. I I wasn't jittery, uh, you know, because that's how I am most of the time. And I'm like, whatever you did, yeah. whether you didn't do anything, I don't care what it was, I'll pay to have this experience again. And so I went back and I will go back again and I will go back again because I like what the outcome was. Yeah. Regardless of what the intended outcome was supposed to be, whether it's real or not real, I don't fucking care. I felt like a good person after. It's hard for for me to, um, because, so for example, we went for Reiki, his second appointment I went with him and I booked an appointment as well so I had my first Reiki session with uh, Ashley she was on our podcast not long ago and so at one point Ashley was sitting by my right shoulder like I could feel her there my eyes were closed but I could feel her by my right shoulder and she I don't even know if she was touching me or if her hands were above me but like you said you feel kind of some heat right so she's by my shoulder and while she was there I started smelling something like a familiar kind of smell. And it took me a couple of minutes to put my finger on it. Like, what am I smelling? What am I smelling? 
And then suddenly I was like, oh my God, it smells like, it smelled very similar to um, my grandparents' old, like they used to live in this big ranch house um, north of the city. And I was like, I'm smelling their house. And they haven't lived there in years and years and years. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. So anyway, after I the session was over and we were talking and she was telling me about some things that she felt and whatever, where I might have been blocked. She said, oh, and when I was over here by your shoulder, she goes, your grandmother was talking to me. I swear to God, I almost like ran out of her house. Yo. <laughs> I was like, what What are you saying? To-? And I said, right? yeah. And I was like, I was smelling her house. Yeah. Like exactly that point when you were sitting by my shoulder, she goes, yeah, when I was sitting here, she was talking to me. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. At that point, you're just like, how do you how do you even like explain something like that like science yeah you can I but yeah in, in regards to what you're talking about before I definitely had a hard time with that when I first started practicing or practicing where I I definitely was so dismissive of some people sometimes if they like didn't have like the case of what it's supposed to be and they're mm-hmm. like oh this is what I have I'm like oh you're just like wikipedia it kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah and I was so I was so dismissive and like I definitely look back on that and just kind of like shun myself um but yeah, it's it's more of like, who fucking cares? If it works, it works. Yeah. Well, and let's not forget that evidence-informed, it doesn't just mean that there's hardcore research, right? Like clinical experience and, and yes, the, you know, the this. patient's input is just as big of a, a part of it, right? So listening to your patient, being able to decipher what they're saying, what they really need, combined with your clinical experience combined with the available research yeah anytime i do a reflexology treatment they're like oh what are the the benefits of this i'm like well could help you sleep better yeah i love it how you took it just for the hell of it you're like i'm just gonna challenge the way i think about things that's really fucking cool to do because that's what every evidence person always says like don't cherry pick your shit you know challenge your biases you you actually really did you're like i don't fucking buy any of this shit i'm gonna go take a course and learn what it's all about yeah like that's that's the extreme end of it and <laughs> that's commendable i like that i think i think i had that kind of moment with some friends of mine who are like very different like politically and like stuff like that where like they were always arguing all the time and i always felt like i took like a very neutral stance where like oh i see where they're coming from i see where you're coming from i probably like lean to one side more than the other but i was like you know what both points are valid and both people are people at the end of the day with mm. like different you know customs and and how they were raised and all that stuff and i don't know i think i, th- I think i take an approach like that when i go into massage therapy as well now that like you know everybody experiences things differently everybody um you know uh, reacts to different treatments differently oh mature and shit <laughs> let me ask you a question everything let me ask man. you a question then <laughs> yeah someone that you don't like and you don't like most of the things they say and do, and you just don't like them. Hmm. Do you have a difficult time agreeing with their very valid things that they say just because you don't like them? I'm curious about about how this works with you guys. Like, If there's someone that you're like, I fucking can't stand that person, do you have a difficult time going, but you know what, that kind of made a lot of sense, and I can get on board with what you're saying there. Or is the passion there so much, like, I don't fucking like you, so no matter what you fucking say, it makes no fucking difference to me. No. It depends, I think, on the situation sometimes. Okay. If I'm... Give uh, me me all of the situations. Okay, okay. If I'm face-to-face with them, um... And I, and I still want them in my life. Um, <laughs> I'll probably try to find some middle ground. Um, or, or if they they have a valid point, I'll probably you know what you're right, 100. percent And it, you know what forget, it feels like. Don't forget bile. you hate this person. Oh, you it feels them. like bile saying that somebody like somebody that I dislike yeah. that they're right. It, yeah, it doesn't feel good. I'm definitely not saying I enjoy saying it, but 
Um, I think there's a certain grace in knowing when you're wrong and admitting it. And I think people respect you a lot more for when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if they're not in the room, I'm like, fuck that person. <laughs> uh, I was just curious. Shut the fuck up. No, I, I have zero issues with that because I can I can separate what somebody's opinion is whether political or otherwise from the person so like i'm thinking of a very big public figure right now that you either love her or you hate her i'm not even going to mention who it is but some people really fucking love her some people really fucking hate her um i want to know what you're talking about i have no idea i'm yeah. not on I'm social media you, okay. <laughs> about? okay no i mean it's it's not a big deal it's nobody we know personally candace owens Either okay. people love her okay, or okay. they hate her, okay. right? Uh, it's it political. Okay. Um, so I, I, I neither love her nor hate her. There are some things she says where I'm like, "Whoa, you're a fucking Looney Tune," and there are some things she says where I was like, "You make a lot of sense here." My feelings towards her don't matter when I'm, you know, taking. I, I just thought of her as an example. Do because... you do you find it's easy to hate someone that you don't know just based on the things that you see? And the things that they say, would you go as far as like hate that person? No, no, I'm just curious. No, but I I don't know if there's because like when you say people either love her or hate her, I'm like, well, I bet you none of these people actually know this fucking lady. Well, and that's the thing. (laughs) So we're all going with what we hear her say. The thing is, they don't. They're just going based off of what she says, and that's. I don't know. Like maybe that was I a bad example because I, I can't. I can't hate her because I don't know her. I can't love her because I don't know. No, her. but there's probably people that do fucking hate her. Yeah. or yeah. anybody just because of things that people say or whatever the case is. And I'm curious if if you guys fall into. Yeah, that I, I think I think uh, people like amp up like people on social media and like celebrities in general a little too much mm. and like put too much stock into like what they say and like mm-hmm. what their motivations and stuff are. I think it's I don't know too much. Yeah, too much. Uh, effort i guess all right so i'll ask you this because i I think this this probably came up even in that that same podcast that you you commented on when we made some clips of it yeah and i think one of the things that i was talking about were athletes or any type of celebrity do they have some sort of responsibility to society to be role models because they're looked at in a certain regard or are they just fucking people? And this is what I do for work. And you guys are the ones that put me in this spot, putting me into into quote unquote celebrity. But I didn't ask for this, so I'm just gonna do what I fucking do. Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, I, I struggle with this one a lot actually, in regards to like because I, my my dad works a lot with like hockey people. So like, there's a lot of people that I've met in the hockey world that yeah. like you know you meet them in person and they are like you know kind of the shittiest people you'll ever meet in your life and then like but you see them on like stage and they're handing out pucks to kids and stuff like that and taking pictures with people and you're like okay good stage presence they're not doing too bad but like he just cheated on his wife last night like and um I think I think you do have to understand that they are a person first. Yeah. And I think social media has made that a little bit easier for some celebrities to kind of put that out there that you're like, yeah, I have kids that I'm taking care of. Like, you know, I have, you know, a divorce that I'm going through or like what have you. Like they're they're people. But I think um I think people just put what are they called? Parasocial relationships where basically people feel like they're friends or like enemies with these people and mm. they just rely on these relationships too much in order to like, I don't know set themselves apart as like their personality it's insane yeah so weird to me i think the only time like i don't think any celebrity has any obligation to be any specific person they can reinvent themselves over and over and over again but just as an example if you are um a celebrity that you know started out 
specifically as like a children's entertainer. I think as long as you're in the realm of children's entertainment, there's not necessarily a responsibility, but there's an expectation that you're not going to, you know, be on the six o'clock news for, you know, drinking and driving when you're like a children's entertainer. It's like, so weird. Though. That yeah. expectation probably exists and parents would be disappointed to see that if it's like, okay, this is, you know, somewhat like my eight year old looks up to this. Totally. This it's person, so funny right? because how we live now, it's like there's no bounce back. If you fuck up, you're fucked up oh, you're and you're, you're done. Like you just said that right now. And the first thing that popped into my mind was Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. I was thinking Lindsay Lohan right? too. Lindsay Lohan. But I'll start Pee Wee Herman. At least Pee Lindsay Herman. Lohan had left being strictly a child right. entertainer by Paul the time Paul Rubens. Isn't it Paul Rubens? Paul Rubens? That's his name? Pee Wee Herman? I, I don't know. Your guess is like, good as mine. Like, let's, this guy was fucking caught jerking off in an adult theater. Yeah. Right? Like that was that was his crime. Do you know what I'm saying? And he bounced back. He bounced back. And he, he still came back and did Pee Wee Herman stuff, not right away, yeah. but he still did. And then he was he bounced back large when he was in Blow with John Johnny Depp, right? Is that the is that the movie I'm talking about? I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. With uh Penelope Cruz and John mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a big comeback for him. But the bottom line is he still went back to doing kid shit. If that happened now, forget it. Not that guy can chance. never come back. Yeah, yeah because never. social media means like most likely your kids know about it too it was different when we were kids something like that would happen the parents would know because they've seen it in the media but kids didn't necessarily have the access to it but now it's like jerking off in a fucking adult theater in a trench coat Right. He's a dude alone. Like, like Obviously, that, he's I, got some stuff going but, on. But I mean, like, like that's that's like the ultimate like kid entertainment killer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's so weird to me that that it just exists now. That if you if you get enough guns pointed at you, your career is fucking over. Yeah. And it's it's so troubling to me. I don't know. Some people do make uh, bounce backs, but like I mean when it comes to like the whole role model thing, I, I recently saw, when I say recently, like within the last couple of years, like there were people who were like mad at like Cardi B, you know, because, oh, my kid's like, and she's like, are you fucking crazy? Your like, kids are not my you, responsibility. Right, and yeah. she's like, if you let your kids listen to like the raunchy shit that I put out, like that's yeah. on you, you're a bad totally. parent. Like she was never meant to be a role model for children no. you know like everything she does is pretty x-rated so if you're upset that cardi b is making songs like wap <laughs> you need to you need to reconsider what you're letting your kids listen to <laughs> maybe a little bit that's weird i don't know how do we get on this topic oh right trying to i was trying to remember how we got onto this topic that's okay it's a tangent well there was there were other candace things owens. oh yes candace owens hating people just by things I think that that's they so say. funny i'm like not on facebook really at all so like none of like the facebook stuff i follow at the beginning of covid i like turned off anything political that i could on like instagram because yeah. i was like nah that's gonna wreck my mental health yes um and so like yeah in treatment rooms that's the only way that i would find out about anything in regards to the news in terms of like the only thing i followed was like maybe like case counts just so that i was like kind of in informed at least a little bit and Mm -hmm. then the cmto and that was pretty much it and i was like yeah if it's important i'll google it later like other than that i don't really give a shit yeah i don't really give a shit much either but i but i sometimes i do get to the point of where i feel like god i I just feel like out of touch with the rest of the world because like you see the setup like this is my life right i'm home with my family and then I come here where I'm either by myself or one-on-one with people or a group. So in other words, like I go between my house and here, my house and here, my house. I have no idea what happens on the outside world. But are you world. happy? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I've, it. I've said this before too and I feel bad <laughs> saying it where like, I don't know what this whole COVID thing is. Like I reject COVID. COVID's not part of my life because my lifestyle actually hasn't changed one fucking bit. 
Yeah. Zero. I know you're a little. I was going to say you're, you're probably the children. minority in that situation. Yeah, but I definitely am. I well, definitely even am. even as he said, it's different for me because well, yeah, I'm the one that. that you know, like has to take the kids to their activities. I'm the one, you know, so like that my life thing. has changed a little bit. And even you know, with all the school lockdowns, yeah. like how many times I've yeah, had to like virtual schools and all that stuff. It's a lot of bullshit. Yeah, my brother is still in high school. We're ten years apart, and like I feel so bad for the kid because he's graduating this year, and he, I was like, "What do you want? Are you going to go to school next?" year and he's like no i'm just gonna play hockey and find a job and then if i can go into class at that point because he wants to go overseas like he wants to go to scotland or australia or do something cool because he's put so much effort into hockey that he's like i want to go somewhere and do something with my life and i was like yeah covid's not really helping with that i'm sorry buddy so so fucking i hate it i think we can all agree on that no there's someone that loves it there's a boardroom full of people that run pharma companies. It's true. <laughs> they're, they're loving it. There's a bunch of there's anyone a bunch who has of, shares in Pfizer. Exactly. There's a bunch yeah, of people that are just investing like car. fucking crazy. They're loving it. They're eating the shit up. They're loving it. They're like, bring on the next fucking Greek letter. <laughs> there's only nine left, my friend. Oh, whatever. Um, not not talking about COVID. I'm going to shift because yeah, cool. we we hate COVID and it's we reject it. It's not part of our life. Um. Other things, I know when you came in, you said you wanted to talk about some uh, co-caring. Co-caring, yeah. yes. Let's move in that direction. Sure, yeah. So um, I work at a multidisciplinary clinic where we have a chiropractor, another massage therapist. We have um, a Chinese medicine practitioner who just got her acupuncture license. and then, But fundamentally, it's a Pilates studio. And um, I remember when I first like got the job there, I was like, I have no idea what you do. I'm just going <laughs> to... Do massage, I guess. Um, but they, they, she, the, my boss is is really awesome at um, like just kind of like onboarding people and really getting people up to speed in terms of like getting everybody on the same page. And she ran me through what she does in her sessions, and a lot of what she does actually is um, physios will kind of like give their uh, what's it called uh, self care um, kind of stuff to her and her team, and they'll run through it with uh, with clients and stuff like that and and add their own kind of like touches sometimes and then they do their individual plotties and over zoom and stuff like that um and then sometimes some of the clients that they see will come and see me for massage so that we can kind of like i guess limber them up or cool them off like after they've before or after they've had a session with Mm -hmm. the plotties instructors Mm -hmm. and it's been really interesting because they're not regulated at all so trying to read their notes is hilarious because i'm like (laughs) i don't understand any of the exercises that you've given these people i have like no i only recently got into yoga and I know like <laughs> downward dog and that's it. A child's pose. Yeah. That one's good. I like that one. Um it's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so that's been really interesting and that's been a lot of like our communication too is like um trying to figure out how to how to communicate with one another. But uh, as I mentioned before, like it's I- I'd be curious to hear your guys' answers in regards to like how you've done co-care and stuff like that with with other practitioners and stuff. We are the worst possible people to ask. And I will tell you why, because majority of our careers, majority of our careers, we've worked really solo. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I, I can't say like, well, no, I shouldn't say that. There was five years that I was working in an office that had a chiropractor, a chiropodist and a naturopath. The chiropractor and I were probably the only two that really like worked closely together with the same patients, but I didn't find now when I, that was my first clinic that I ever worked at. So when I came in, I think, you know, she's looking at me as she's got all this experience behind her. She had been a chiropractor for probably like two decades by the time I, I started working with her. So like she 
I looked up to her like she was the knowledgeable one. So I felt like in the very beginning, it was a lot of she would work on somebody and then send them to me and say like, oh, you need to work on like the right scalings. Like she would just tell me what to do. But I really enjoyed like doing my own. Ass- so I would I would I would still do my own assessment and do my own thing. And, you know, I would treat them how I would treat them, regardless of what she said. We would still share notes and talk back and forth and whatever. Um, it did get to a point after working there for a few years where I realized a lot of the time I actually didn't agree with her. And I didn't have I didn't have the courage and the confidence back then to have just had a conversation with her and say like, why do you think this? This is what I'm finding. And so sometimes I would just like not agree with her quietly and like do what I do with my clients. And then she would do, but that wasn't really in the best interest of the client. You know what I mean? Like I should have been talking to her. Why do you think that wasn't? Well, I feel like we could have been a little more cohesive. If we're seeing the same patients, I could have said like, this is what I'm finding. Why, why was I not confident enough to be able to say to her, maybe you missed this, you know, just because she had been practicing so much longer than I was. Why was I not confident enough to say, like, I think you should consider this option or this versus, you know, when she would tell me work on their right scalings. And I'm like, there's nothing fucking wrong with their right scalings, lady. <laughs> I think I think that's a practice thing, though, right? Like is, is getting that practice yeah. and then learning how to talk to other practitioners as well, because not every practitioner talks the same to one another either. Like yeah. some people are just set in stone. They're like, no, I'm my way or the highway, buddy. And I always kind of got that vibe from her. She I, I think when I first started working, it's funny because like we're friends now and we're good. And I could probably have this conversation with her now. But years ago, I just looked at her as like, like, hey, you're you're the knowledgeable one. You're okay. the doctor. I'm the RMT. So I'll just keep my opinions to myself. And like I said, the reason I think it wasn't in the best interest of the patient is we probably could have gotten better outcomes had I been working. Like The only way I can see you having, quote unquote, better outcomes is if you guys are doing things that are canceling each other out. Do you see what I'm saying? But if you're not and you're treating your patient the way you feel that they need to be treated based on whatever findings you're having and she, the chiropractor, is doing the same thing, as long as you guys aren't canceling each other out, then no. I don't I don't yeah. see how this is a bad thing for the client. Do you see what I'm saying? I guess the Can't only... be wrong. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, you ask, ten, been... you ask 10 therapists to see the same patient, you're going to have 10 fucking different answers and, uh, 10, and 10 different approaches. Yeah. And everyone's approach probably is going to have a positive outcome in some some way. That's true. We were probably doing good things just because we were both, you know, looking at things a little bit differently. Right. The only time I would say, <laughs> we'd call it canceling each other out, I found her to be very conservative when it came to... Um, giving the patient like home care and any kind of like therapeutic exercise or whatever. So you would give exercises and she would say, no, don't do those. It was sort of the opposite. I would hear her telling the patient like, I don't want you to do anything. And then they would come to me and I'd be like, we're going to modify your work. Okay. So then (laughs) we're not going to, we're not going to stop your work. We're going to modify. This is where things are, you guys are canceling each other out based on what you're saying. That's a whole other story. But if you're just, if you have a certain treatment approach and she's got another treatment approach and they're, they're not affecting each other in a negative way then i don't see that being a problem no the patients were always very happy and we got great outcomes but yeah definitely there was times where i was like oh i don't know if i necessarily feel the same way she does about this based on what i'm seeing but i do get what you're saying though but yeah and i I, all regardless of patient outcomes i think it might have been just a better environment if you know co-care was even in my brain i think i always was like well I, this is what I know and this is what I feel and I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. And I think that's we never we were taught in school though too. Yeah. Like they were always like make sure you do your assessment because it may not be the same as whoever is referred over yep. to you. 
And I, I know I've always kind of like done what I can with that. When I worked at Bridgepoint, oh my God, same thing. I was so intimidated. I'm like, they work in a hospital. What the fuck do I know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is all neurological stuff. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. We had Ed on our couch. Ed works at, uh, he works down at U of T. And I love, anytime he talks to me about his work environment, I'm like, that is so fucking cool. Like, the bottom line is he can do whatever he wants as a therapist. And as a matter of fact, most people that come to see him, they don't even know what his title is. They don't know what anyone's title is. They don't know if that person's an AT, that one's an RMT, this one's a, this one's a physio, this one. They have no idea. They just know they're showing up for therapy and and they're getting some sort of help. And I thought That's that cool. was kind of cool, right? That is cool. But this is just the way the pay structure works at most places. Like, would I love to have a clinic that worked full on co-care? Would I love to have a clinic where you come in for an assessment and you're doing an assessment with the chiro present, the massage therapist present, the physio, uh, the physiotherapist, we're all there and we're all just kind of analyzing this thing together and then we come up with the best plan of care for that person, whether that means some soft tissue work from the massage therapist and no physio or physio in combination with chiro or whatever the case is, we just decide collectively like this is probably the best thing for this particular person and what they have going on that at this moment so cool. in time. That right? sounds so expensive. That, that is, like, that that is so cool. Right? The only way that type of thing works in my mind, and I'm just spitballing and making shit yeah. up on the spot. The only way that type of thing works is if you have abandoned this whole kind of pay structure that exists where RMTs get paid by the hour or they charge totally. this much per session yeah. and this, this, and this, this. That only works if we're like, let's take away everyone's fucking title. Everyone's on the same pay grade here. In other words, that massage therapist is making the same money in that in this session and that session isn't necessarily dictated by time, right? So that kind of like what Shawn Michael does at yeah. his clinic. So it's like a combination of what, what Ed's got going on at U of T and what Sean Michael does at his clinic because Sean Michael he, he's got a clinic up in Keswick, Keswick. and he's a he's a he's a RMT he's also a, a manual osteopathic practitioner and his clinic is set up in such a way where he doesn't have time it's not time it's 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 a session and that session might include osteo it might include massage it might include exercise it might include physio it might include the kin it might include all of this stuff but we do what's best for you we erase the whole concept of titles here this is the utopia where, of Eliminating yes, hierarchy. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, they're like so progressive in terms of your healthcare right now. And like, then what they do is they charge the patient quite a bit of money, yeah. right? But that's how that's how you can have everyone get satisfied yeah, in that scenario. Totally. Yeah. Imagine having to take care of everybody and them actually getting the results that they pay for. Like, yeah. And that also requires a very specific type of practitioner that is okay with eliminating the hierarchy that is, you know, yeah. going to put their ego aside because we've seen it. We had three really awesome therapist come in here one night um, to record a series of techniques and we used one of my real patients as the body and so I had just treated her the day before so I had already done my own assessment on her I already had my thoughts about what were going on in her body and now I'm bringing her in to see three other therapists plus Mark was here as well because he was directing the whole thing all of them had different thoughts about what was going on. And I was like, isn't this fucking interesting? And these are really, really great therapists, a lot of experience, a lot of education, like they they teach, like they're really, really awesome guys. And none of them really agreed about what was going on with this patient. But we all that. actually agreed <laughs> on the treatment approach. Yes. All of our treatment approaches were very fucking similar, but this person was like, ah, uh, subtalar joint. This other person was like, oh, the ankle. This person here was like, ah, uh, might be the hip joint a little bit, but 
all the treatment approach was like lined up. It was actually really yeah. cool to watch. It was really cool to watch. And then after they all left, um, Mark said to me, when are you seeing her again next? And I, I told him and he's like, so you know what I would do? And he gave me like his list of things to do. And I was like, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. Like it was just, it was kind of cool to get everybody's input on this. Totally. And so when she, when she came in the next time, I'm like, how are you feeling after like getting worked on by like different people in two days? She's like, yeah, I'm a little sore. But okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, that was, that was also, that was also like, that wasn't a real patient experience. That was, we were shooting video. Yeah. And basically what I wanted to do was have a whole bunch of different therapists come in and, and show different types of techniques or different approach to treating a certain part of the body. Love that. But the, the guys that came in, like they, they've got a lot of knowledge in their back pockets and that also comes up with a, a little bit of a big ego that comes with it. And so it almost turned into us watching three therapists try to outdo each other oh, and trying to figure out, <laughs> trying to figure out, trying to figure out what the problem is. Right. This is what, cause I kind of laid back. I was like shooting camp, doing yeah. video work. Oh, yeah. You stuff. didn't give, any I didn't give anything until, until they left. Until they left right. <laughs> but it, it turned into something else, but that was also interesting to capture as well like it what it turned into it was yeah. not the intent at all but what it actually turned into was super super fucking interesting that's hilarious and that's where i think that that kind of collective mind for a patient that comes in that's so valuable like like this dude saw something that this other guy didn't that this other guy didn't but then at the end of the day we're all kind of justifying what we're doing and we all end up coming up with the same basic approach. and i was working the cameras taking notes i'm like well i actually have to treat her again in two days so tell me more tonight, tell me more so, things uh... <laughs> but yeah that collective of approach definitely can work if you're the type of therapist yeah. that is open to other opinions and open yeah. to other and not everybody is no absolutely not absolutely not like there are times where like you know um what's it called uh you know the chiropractor will do an assessment or something like that and i'll be like oh, i don't know if that's it like i feel like she's smarter than me so i'm gonna listen to what she says but like at the same time it's like, don't be me don't so, be me i know i know it's first, so hard first step is just because they are a doctor of chiropractic doesn't mean they know anything more than you do or a physio or blah, 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 blah. That's one that says affirmations on like. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> one thing. That's one thing that having a continuing education company has shown me every fucking week that we have a course. Right. We'll have a massage therapist come in. We'll be sitting right next to a physio, sitting right next to a seasoned chiro, sitting right next to an AT, sitting right next to an osteo. And I get blown away. I'm like. I thought you would have seen this or thought this differently yeah. or, or I would have thought that you would have had advanced knowledge in this area and you don't. So as soon as I started seeing this, I was like, whoa, everyone's just got to just, 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 you know, let it go a little bit. Like, totally. you know what you know and you know it very well. And that and, was something I, I worked with on that. with my, my therapist actually. Cause like I, um, What's it called? That when I when I stepped into like a managerial role kind of thing, I was I was terrified because I was like, I don't know any more than anybody else. Like everybody that I was like just uh lack of confidence in that way. And we went over, I used to work at Sport Check. I worked at Sport Check for like 10 years or something like that. And uh, I had this like I had a slew of managers at that point because it's retail and you're in and you're out within the year and listed a bunch of stuff that I liked about certain managers, listed a bunch of stuff I didn't like about other managers, and she was like, Okay, like you know, and the stuff that you mentioned about the managers that you like, none of it was based off of their education or their intelligence or anything. You just liked how they managed. So, like, just go based off of that. And I'm like, fuck, no, you're right. This is why I pay you. Like, <laughs> There's always the idea that someone with a different title knows more, a different position. Yeah. Guess what? The higher up you go, they're just as fucking dopey. Yeah. The only difference is they've just got more responsibility. It's the same fucking dopey person <laughs> in whatever position that, that yeah. they're in. 
Maybe I just made that up. Uh, but like, I've also had like fantastic co-care at the same time where like, I've worked with one of the Pilates instructors. We have like, uh, there's one one instructor that I work with who um, we have a, a client. Uh, oh my God, I'm totally blanking on what condition he is. Um, that's okay. He has a hard time speaking. And um, we, we were talking about a whole bunch of stuff and she's like, yeah, you know, I was like, I can try and treat like, you know, up and under the jaw and I can try and treat like SEM and stuff like that. See if that helps at all. And so it's usually what would happen is they would have a, a session together and then I would have a treatment with them afterwards. Um, but I was like, you know what, let's do the treatment first and then have the session with him. Because what they did with the Pilates work is they did a lot of vocal work with him so that he could strengthen his vocal cords. And uh, so we did the treatment and had the session, best session ever, like just went really, really well, figured out what exactly kind of was going on, what we needed to make sure that we we had in every treatment so that when he, and that was the thing, we had to make sure that the massage was before the session, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure that it was, uh, you know, helpful. And then if he ever wanted the the treatment to be after the session, just so he could relax or whatever, like we would get, you know, work that out one way or the other. But we were very lucky in the sense that like we have men that can like book patients in to either have a session and then a treatment or a treatment and then a session or mm. very close together. But I know not everybody can do that. And it's uh, it can be pretty difficult sometimes for for some clinics, but when it happens, oh man, it's like rainbows and sparks flying. It's fantastic. It is good when so you can good. work really close with somebody. There's a personal trainer that refers a lot of people to me, and all of the people that have come to see me from you know from this specific trainer have said to me, "You can talk to her about me." You know, like it's it would so it her and I have actually like come up with a really. A, a good little system here where like I will work on somebody and I'll share with her like what I'm finding and then she'll work that stuff into their training with them. So yeah, we've got a good little thing going on. The way I would love that scenario to go would be let's work in the same place. Let's let well, well, she let's, is coming to work here. <laughs> let's let's work in the same place. Let's also be mindful that we can be free enough. And our patients are okay with this because what we're going to do with this patient can also happen with you. That I can take off for five minutes while I'm with you to go see this person out here. Yeah, Is it another? That. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. pop, pop in and pop out. Like instead of uh, I've got to give this one hour to this one person. Like do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's that's the scenario. Like I end up doing a lot of that kind of shit, and I don't charge for it. To be honest with you, There's so many people. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think I've treated more people over the past four months that I charge zero for mm. like come in I'll help you out let's do stuff type of thing and then and then see Amanda a little bit too and then come back and see me in this kind of in and out thing and and I just don't even charge you for it that type of thing but any which way I think you're, that- you're also married to a therapist who definitely definitely takes advantage of the fact that you're here <laughs> I'll be working on is- somebody and I'm like my husband's a kinesiologist come with me but that is such a cool <laughs> you know what it's a, a cool great goal. you know yeah it's a great flow for things too like exactly. if, if, if ever I'm like if ever they're having an issue with the patient or say for example the patient like hurt themselves or blew their back out doing an exercise or something like that I can pop in just like do like a couple of things get them up and moving again and whether exactly. they need to load or not like it's great yeah. yeah like that that to me is but again it's it's so hard to make something like oh, that yeah, work absolutely. especially when you have you know, I don't know. It, it's still a business at the end of the day. And, yeah. and that's not a business model that can work all the time. That was like my first client at this new clinic. I like had this client come in, fantastic person and treated them and they were having some like back pain and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, we'll see what we can do. Tried to get off the table. They, uh, 
they hurt themselves. I heard them like crying, like from outside while I was like washing my hands. Oh my God. And I was like, Hey, is everything okay? They're like, I can't get off the table. And I was like, fuck. Okay. Um, thankfully my boss was there and I was like, Hey, we're having issues. Like, uh, I'm like, are you dressed? Do you need help? Is it okay if I come in? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So helped her get dressed. I helped her, um, put her on the, we had a, what's it called? One of the stools or whatever with wheels, wheeled her out to the gym. Cause it's mm-hmm. literally like right next door. And then she did, uh, my boss ended up doing some like loading exercises with her to just like get the muscles engaged properly. Cause she's really good at helping calm down the nervous system and stuff like that and stop, stop it from firing so much. And, um, Got this person basically up, called her husband. Her husband came to pick her up, thank God, and, um, you know, checked in with her as much as we needed to. But I was like, fuck, if you weren't here, I would have no idea what to do. Not a clue. Like, and I would have been by myself with this client Mm. and without any help whatsoever. Like, yeah, you you can be stuck in such a bad situation sometimes. The other clinic that I worked at prior to that, like, if I was by myself, I was by myself and, like, we had stairs. <laughs> like, it sucked. I want to open a clinic and I want to have everyone have a float day. You don't you don't have scheduled patients that day. Your your job is to float and help out with every other person's patients. So you're the physio, you, you float to the chiro patients, you float to the massage patients, you float to the kin patients, and vice versa. The next day the chiro floats, the next day this person floats. So you always have these interventions that are, that are there right when you need them I'm with that particular patient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, I mean, we've been talking about it for a couple of years, but he keeps bringing it up again because his, his next ventures, he wants to open a clinic and me manage it so i'm just i'm taking notes we're gonna have floaters i was gonna ask were you were you partial to this or were you just told that you were gonna be a manager oh i was just told okay you're gonna manage the clinic he's like i don't want to do that you're gonna do that that. (laughs) that's like my biggest grief with ever opening a clinic i was like i don't want to do the work i just want a massage like yeah if you're gonna open a clinic then your job changes yeah your job is not i I just want a massage your job is your job should be I just want to make everyone as busy as possible. Yeah. Yes. Right. Then your job changes. We have a colleague and she's like, clinic ownership is like a nightmare. You'd never, the, the business model is horrible. I'm like, no way. It depends on what kind of operation yeah. you run. Like, like I used to work at this rehabilitation, they call it a rehabilitation clinic. It's nothing. It's just a multidisciplinary clinic where there's a chiro, there's physio, there's massage therapist, there's naturopath and all the rest of it. There's a whole bunch of people that work there. This guy makes a, a minimum, a minimum of 2,500 bucks a day off of massage therapy. Ooh. Like this is, that's just massage therapy, yep. right? This is not, this is not even on billing 25 500 bucks. This is this is my 30 or 40% take Holy on massage shit. because he's got four or five massage therapists there that are there all day long or they, they they run two shifts. There's a morning shift with four or five massage therapists that are there and there's an afternoon shift that runs four or five massage therapists. So there's five or four massage therapists that are constantly running on Holy treatment, fuck. treatment, treatment. I'm like, that alone pays for the rent of your space. Do you oh, know yeah, what I mean? Totally. And so I don't understand when I get told or when this person... Is telling me like oh, that's a that business model I just can't make money. I'm like that, that what? That, that, if the, if that's the case, you're probably not thinking about it right. You're not going about it right. Like even just I, I talk about this a lot. Even just physio alone, even having physio yeah. and paying a physio by the hour, that is the fucking meal ticket. That is money right there because everyone gets referred for physio. Everybody oh, gets referred yeah. for physio. Mm-hmm. So a physio can see a billion people in an hour, and I'm paying you forty five dollars an hour, and we're billing forty dollars per person, and you're seeing four to five of them in an hour like this is this is a no-brainer how am i how am i losing money off of this yeah and then on top of that i've got this anyway so this guy he's got a really i don't know why i started talking about this why did i start talking about this i don't even know because you want to open a clinic right right you right, want to open right. a clinic and we're gonna do things 
differently? The clinic, the treatment stuff for, for, for me, at least the way I think about it, it's not a money game. If you can make money at it, then cool. But we've got we've got a lot of other money makers that I don't feel I this one needs to hunt down a fucking dollar. Do you feel like you're going to be like a trendsetter in the healthcare community? Like if no. that's what you want? People think I'm stupid, so no one's gonna <laughs> no no one's gonna jump on anything that I do. Uh, let's put it that way, right? I've got some whacked out you know, ideas. You know the memes of like the stick figures, like be like Mark and don't be like Mark. Yeah, don't be like <laughs> right? Everyone thinks I'm a dope, which is cool. That means they're not gonna come do what I do. But there's a whole bunch of things that we're working on and they're gonna be really fat things. They're gonna be really, really big things but they're crazy yeah like every day we look at each other i'm like we're crazy right what i'm hoping for is no we're not crazy this is gonna be awesome her response is yeah we're fucking crazy <laughs> and and and, I know what we are. and when we pull this off it's gonna be brilliant but we're fucking crazy yeah. like that's the answer and you know what it's not meant to be perfect it's just about you know doing something different and, and seeing what works and those see because because i'm not out to chase every fucking dollar I'm okay with doing things like having a clinic that runs differently because the goal here isn't to make as much money as I can and milk this motherfucker. The goal here is to try to change the around the way we're doing things so we're doing it the way we think it should be done mm-hmm. to, to have a better outcome all the way around, right? Yeah. It's not about let's make this thing because we've got the other money makers that do that. So Plus for me- we've learned over the last couple of decades working in this profession that- the money will come. It's actually easy to make money. Oh, it's so oh, yeah. easy. In it, we're, we're in healthcare. Like we're always going to be needed. Yeah. It's easy to make money. So we're okay with trying different things and trying new ideas to do stuff in a way that's making us happy and that's fulfilling in a different kind of way for our career yeah. that we might not necessarily make $100,000 right up front, but we know oh, but we are going to make the money. But, give, but it give, it, give it some time. <laughs> yeah. and then $100,000 is going to be a, a joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the, so that's why I have no problems for the past four months when I'm treating someone, how much do I owe you? You know what? Come back in another three days. Like, yeah. And I've got no problem because that's I'm not chasing every fucking dollar. Yeah. And then that actually just ends up working out better for us, at least the that's way so we operate. I can't wait to get to that point. Yeah. I'm not there yet. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very freeing place to be. Yeah. I can charge you if I want to charge you. I can charge you a lot if I want to charge you because what we do is worth that much, that type of thing. And we'll treat who we want to treat, when we want to treat them, how we want. It's like a really freeing space to just be able to do it the way you really want to because the people that are coming to you have full trust in in, in what you're doing yeah 100 yeah. percent. i think i think it builds that relationships with clients as well where they they feel more taken care of or they don't feel like it's um i don't know as a vindictive of a relationship because money i don't know kind of pollutes it to a degree as well like definitely can yeah it's a very strange thing but then we're also into the business side we're like yeah there's ways to make a lot of money it's such a weird fucking anyway I'm having a lot of wheel turning moments right now. That's no, cool. <laughs> it's fun to watch the hamster. <laughs> he just gonna, I'm going to call you a little spin. hamster yeah. for the rest of the night. <laughs> no, but I think I think your ramblings can be summarized very easily. We we love what we do in the sense that we love creating things within this industry. Like we both have a lot of knowledge when it comes to massage therapy and rehabilitation, and kinesiology and the body and fitness and business as well. So because we don't need to, maybe that's what we we don't need to chase every dollar. We understand that there are people that every dollar does matter, and we're not saying you know don't make your money. Of course, no, make your yeah, fucking no. money. I've definitely never heard that from you guys. But ever. we're in the position where we don't need to. Chase chase every dollar and we're just trying to 
use the creative juices and be inventive and come up with new really cool projects that will make us some money and eventually hopefully make us a lot of fucking money. But in the meantime, we're having fun doing it. And because we have, you know, our courses and whatever, we're still making money. Y'all are the Elon Musk of massage therapy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to go to space and shit. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) But I feel like the not chasing money mindset has allowed us to make money. Yes. <laughs> right? If you're always in that yeah. fucking, I gotta, I gotta make, I gotta, versus let me take a step back. Let me take a look at some of these moves that I'm considering making that don't bring, don't bring anything right now in terms of the dollars in, into the space, but in six months it will, in two years it will, in five years it will. To me, that's way worth it than, it than, than hustling on this day, trying to make as much as I can on this day. And the, well, let those me take people a step that back. don't see that though are people who need like a mindset coach or a business coach, you know, to help yeah. them see the bigger picture, right? It isn't always about, you know, that hundred dollars right now I, I think i'm moving towards that honestly i have to say i think i'm like from that position like just starting to kind of see it like i'm working on a workshop right now in regards to like helping rmts like be trauma informed nice because that's what um we do in our clinic a lot is is work with with trauma and stuff like that and there's a lot of stuff going into it that i'm like i feel like there's things that i know about clients when they come in like it's like oh, i feel like emotion here but like it feels like they're holding back or like they come in all the time and they have the same back pain and then like you have like one conversation with them that they bring up they cry a little bit on the table and it's like oh man like didn't have back pain the next day that's really cool like not all the time but like it's it's interesting to kind of now that there's words for it and like there's science behind it and stuff like that i'm sure i know i've heard somebody talk about the body keep score that was like my assigned reading when i first got to my clinic and uh it's yeah it's it's pretty interesting like i I, i'm definitely looking forward to it but it's it's moves like that where it's like that's something i would never have thought of doing like creating right. a course? Absolutely not. I fucking hated group projects when I was in school. Like, <laughs> who likes them? Um, and now I have to present in front of people? Like, this in and of itself made me so anxious because I, like, so nervous to talk to other people all the time. I'm, like, so used to just being in my headspace and just chilling and doing what I want to do. And, like... Really? Yeah. You buy this? You buy this? I feel like you're, <laughs> like... Sitting all comfortable, just letting it go behind a mic. You buy it? You buy this? Oh, I like... worked retail for 10 years. I'm really good at bullshit. <laughs> like, don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh man well do i buy it yes but i think that i think you are a natural yeah. i think well, speaking you. comes naturally to you and i think when this course is good and ready you might already know some people who have experience hey. with these things and i think it'll do well because trauma-informed is something it is it, it's a hot topic right now people oh, yeah. want to know about it what did you say hot topic hot right topic <laughs> love that story um Hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it'll be interesting. And like, yeah, I have like some other ideas in the mix. And like now that I've like and you guys too, you guys have inspired me and other RMTs that I've now followed on Instagram and stuff like that. You guys have really inspired me to kind of like branch out from what I'm used to and kind of like go from there and be like, you know, like, oh, you know, I don't just have to treat in a room like. 24 7 like there's more that i can do as an rmt to either help other rmts help myself or help my clients whether it's yep. like informed and stuff like that like there was one idea that i had that i'm like you know what i want to teach partners how to massage each other in not a shitty way like if it's you awesome. know yeah like just do yeah. like you know like a valentine's day thing yeah bring your partner like we know somebody in the states who does that oh my goodness i'm forgetting her name she was on our podcast i'm so sorry if you hear this <laughs> it'll come back to me at some point there is a woman in the states that does like perfect partner massage. Was that her business name? Something like that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not copying you. I swear. Yeah. 
It doesn't matter. You're Canadian. But yeah, she she does something where she brings couples in and teach it. She does like little workshops for couples. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like uh, I have some clients that just had kids. So I'm like, you know, teach you some reflexology to use on your kids. Like that was another idea that I had. Like, you know, um, do like massage with partners. I'm like, that way, you know, that when your partner massages you, you'll just want to come back to me anyway. Cause they're not really <laughs> like, good. Uh, and the amount of like horrible like situations that people have had where like, they've gone in for partner massage and they're like, they wouldn't shut up. And I'm like, yeah, now you don't have to worry about like doing that here either. Like, I, I don't know. I think it'll just be a good time. And I mean, like, God, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to bring up COVID. COVID has kind of put a damper on things because, like, obviously, like, the the clinic space that we have isn't, like, big enough. So it's like, "Eh, I'm probably going to just do, like, three people in the room at a time or, you know, three couples at a time just Mm. because that's the space that we have. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of branch out and see where things go from there. And That's cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, nice. making moves, making moves. Cool. Making moves. So before we wrap up tonight, totally. um, I said this to our guest earlier, so I'll say it to you today. Is there any last words, any words of wisdom, any last piece that you want to leave people with? Don't oh, eat God, yellow snow. Don't put me on this. Yeah, don't eat yellow snow. I mean, there's not really any snow out there. Um, I don't know. I got a bunch of stuff coming out hopefully in the new year. If you want to follow me on Celine underscore massage therapy, I'm on Instagram. I don't go on Facebook because... That is a horrible place sometimes. <laughs> I thought work. she was going to say because she's not old. No. no, I have a Facebook. I actually have two. I have one for business and one personal. But like, I was like, no, we're going to just avoid that. Facebook's a horrible place to be. It can be. It no, can I don't. It's not horrible. It's it's. I, th- I think once you, once you get sucked into the the black hole of it, then that's a whole other story. Oh, totally. I don't want to yeah. be sucked into any holes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a. You're like, what do I do here? What do I say here? There's, there's no recovering from that. (laughs) It's gonna make noise into the microphone. There's a gravity black hole. (laughs) Well, on that beautiful note, let's wrap it up, sir. (laughs) Thanks for coming. This was good. Yeah, no worries. You guys ever listening to two massage therapists and getting sucked into holes? (laughs) Peace.